Well, I'd like to uh, begin by paying respect to my teacher, the Buddha. Namo tassa bhagavato arahato samma sambuddhassa. Namo tassa bhagavato arahato samma sambuddhassa. Namo tassa bhagavato arahato samma sambuddhassa. So we have this uh, title for the weekend, Embracing Change, Mastering Letting Go. I've been reflecting on this. Embracing Change, Mastering Letting Go. So the Buddha frequently encourages us, urges us to let go of clinging, let go of, let go of uh, craving. And when we start from, you know, okay, we should let go of craving, it's a hard place to start in a way, because the craving arises within us for this or for that. And then we, the precepts starts to uh, guide us away from the more harmful cravings and we get left with a sort of less harmful cravings around maybe you know uh, food or sleep or um, whatever you might be doing and so it can be hard to start from there because that sort of that feel those feelings arise within us and so I've been reflecting a lot you know and I've been here with uh, in this very, it's been like a long retreat in some ways here for me. I've been in Wales in my mum's house, a little little house, um, for yeah, th- uh, like getting on for four months, three and a half months now, um, as she has been going through her dying process uh, at an old age. She's ninety. And us together with my sister, so we were doing this together. And our lovely cat, the lovely cat, who is a very important part of the mix, Mr. Tibbs. And um, and there's been this process of of change that is, in some ways, incredibly intimate. It doesn't get more intimate, and in some ways, very very impersonal. Because you know, life is just doing what it's doing. There is no bargaining with it. You can't say, well, we did, you know, you can get, you can kind of win a little bit of time, which we did manage to do. But basically, you know, the body is doing what the body is doing. And whether we like it or we don't like it, this is happening and there needs to be letting go. And if we don't let go, there's going to be a lot of suffering. So, Embracing change. You know, change is going on all the time. There are little changes, changes in temperature, changes in mood, changes in our in our physical body, and then it's like more subtle changes. And then there are big changes, changes in terms of birth and death, changes in terms of um, you know, how how our societies are run or our countries are run. 
wars, you know, make you know, make for really big changes, changes in the environment, you know, earthquakes and fires and tornadoes and droughts and floods, you know, all of these changes, these are big changes that have huge influence on our lives. And they're, they're happening, they're going on, they're part of the experience of life. So, you know, I don't know about you, but I'm rather, I've tended to be rather idealistic character. And uh, so there'd be this kind of wishing for some lovely, you know, a lovely world where you didn't have to deal with all these horrible things, wars and, you know, uh, famine and drought and difficult stuff, you know. Can't there be a world that's just a lovely world where we can all just live, you know. I, I started off like that. And then the Buddha is pointing us to see the nature of things. When there's birth, there's aging and death. When there's beginning, when something comes together, when anything comes together, anything in the universe, tiny or vast, solid or amorphous, whatever, whatever comes together goes through a process. It's doing something, you know, it's doing its whatever it may be for a while and then debodying or or um, continent, it might be a continent that's going through, you know, continents change over long periods of time. It might be a solar system, you know, they all, they all, all of these things are changing. It comes together as something for a while and then it, and then that something is no more. It changes. So this is the nature of things. This happens in relationships. It happens in terms of material stuff, you know, things in our lives, it's, it's simply the nature of life, it's, it's a truth. So we can try to run away from that and make a world that isn't like that and suffer a lot, or we can attune to the way it is. And then this second part of the, the uh, title is a little bit misleading actually, so embracing change, mastering, letting go. So I think, what does that mean to master letting go? You know, and usually with that word mastering, it means like, I got it. I got it down. I know exactly how to do it. Yes. But uh, letting go isn't really like that. Because the more we let go, the less there is a somebody who's mastering anything. We're letting go into the process, into the into the emptiness, into the ever-changingness of life. We're letting go into the truth of the way things are. And the more fully we're aligned with that, the more peaceful, the more blissful, the more joyful our experience is. So it's not that we actually master letting go as such. You're not going to get a little certificate to say, I have mastered letting go. I've got the top quality letting go. I, I know I've, I've mastered it. You know, we can put it on our wall. People can come and go, wow, they've mastered letting go. You know, it's not like that. It's like the more we let go, the more spaciousness there is, the more acceptance there is, the more love can flow naturally. The less greed arises, the less fear, the less 
anger, the less confusion. This, 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 is, this is the result of letting go. And it's a funny one because, you know, we, we, we understand the concept so easy. Everything changes. Everything's changing. We kind of know that, you know, everything changes. And then if you hold on to what's cha- changing, you're going to suffer. It's kind of not rocket science, is it? If something's changing and you want it to stay the same, you're gonna, it's going to hurt because it isn't staying the same. It's changing. And yet we can know it and yet still hold on, still wish, still want, still fear, still bargain. Because there's the knowing, there's the intellectual understanding, and then there's the, the deeper knowing. And that comes through the practice, you know, we can't force letting go. It's not that the ego, we can will ourselves to let go. But we start to, we can start to attune to the nature of the way things are. Everything's changing. Every breath, every day, every moment, there's change happening. And you know, the more we really know that deeply, it's not it's not just that we um, we're not clinging and grasping so much, but it's also that there's more room there's more room for love, there's more room for creativity, there's more room for playfulness, there's more room for wonder and enjoyment, because we're not trying to get something. We're not trying to fix things to be the way we think they should be, the way we want them to be. We're opening with a sense of curiosity to the way things are. So the Buddha really um, encouraged this sense of curiosity and investigation and inquiry. It's not a, you know, Buddhism is not a belief system. It's not where we say, I believe in the Buddha, I believe in the Dharma, I believe in the Sangha, and therefore I'm going to be liberated. You know, it's, 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 not, it's not a bad thing, but it's just not going to get you very far. To have faith is good, it's beautiful. To have a certain confidence, and you know, even if I'm not enlightened yet, I have I have faith that the Buddha was. He knew what he was talking about. That has always been there for me from when I first heard the teachings. It's like I don't really understand, but I I, I really trust that he does. The Buddha really knows. He he knows directly. And so with that confidence then I would take a step into this practice and another step and another. And then gradually as we practice, we start to experience the fruits of the practice. You know, it's, not that it's, it's not that it immediately makes us happy and peaceful. It can go through some quite challenging times along the way. And uh, you know, our comfort zones and habit patterns get challenged. We can't just stay within our comfort zone and have eternal peace you know, because we pray to the Buddha. We have to do the inner work. 
that part of that can be a little challenging at times. It can get a little edgy sometimes. And sometimes we might feel like we can't really do it. We're not really good enough. We haven't really got the right material. You know, I'm not, I'm not really good enough. I certainly have had times like that where I felt like, oh, this is for other people. You know, I'm just not cut out for this. I'm, not, I'm, just, I'm just not good enough. But it isn't for other people. It's for us. It's for everybody. It's wherever we are, wherever we are in our life, it's for us right now, like this, from this, from this place. We start to turn towards what's going on, get curious, get interested, investigate. See, you know, what are we doing that's making our lives more, more painful, more difficult? And what can we do to start to change the direction of, or the patterns? of this life because we're not fixed this is the beauty this is for me this was the real big insight when i was a teenager like my goodness you know i thought i was a person stuck in time on a trajectory towards heaven or hell not feeling too hopeful and actually this is a process influenced by how i use my mind my speech my body you know, what I choose to put into this physically and, you know, and information-wise, and where I, you know, where we put our attention. Attention is very, very powerful. So where we put our attention, if we keep putting our attention on the breath in a, in a just the right way, in a curious, interested, almost restful way, things start to reveal themselves. The, the mind settles in a way that we can't make it do. We can't tell it to do it. It starts to settle because we're not, we're not pushing it around anymore. We're inviting this clarity and this focus of awareness. And so that, so we put awareness on the breath, this ever-changing breath, and it starts to bring a settledness and a deepening and a, and it starts to reveal truths that we didn't see before. It's all here. Everything that we look for, everything that we try to study and understand and get, it's all here. Just we can't always see it very clearly. But the practice, it's like it clears away the obscurations so that we can see the truth of things more clearly. And then as we practice and we start to clear away some of the, the stuff that's in the way, in our hearts, in our minds, in our behavior, and we start to uh, maybe see, you know, look back and see the things we maybe regret and we just don't want to keep doing anymore. You know, we don't want to get lost in guilt. That isn't really helpful that we can learn from our mistakes. Everybody makes mistakes. So we can learn from our mistakes like, ouch, I don't want to keep doing that. I'm going to, I'm going to change my ways. And uh, we can guide our life towards what is wholesome and what has more clarity and peacefulness. So as we do that, 
we start to make gradually make more space within our own heart and mind. And it does change our life. We, we, the way we are is different. People notice it, and some people don't want to be with us anymore. We become boring to some people. We're no fun. We don't do all those crazy things we used to do. And then other people are attracted. Maybe they see like, oh, my God, I want what you've got. What is that peacefulness? What is that radiance? What, how can you be so okay when things are difficult like that? So, you know, the people that we are around start to change. And uh, we find ourselves, in a way, in a different field, a different environment. And uh, we attract different people, different situations. So where we put our attention is of utmost importance. And, you know, much of the time it can be people, it's, it's very ordinary for people to just sort of zone out and, you know, get lost in scrolling or, you know, poor quality movies or, you know, pints of ice cream or whatever it may be. You know, it's, very, it's a very common thing. And, and just to know, okay, when you're doing that, there's a zoning out and you're missing an opportunity. Sometimes you need to do it. Sometimes when life is really challenging, you need a little room to move. You, know, you need a little bit of something to just relax. But just to know whatever we're putting our attention on, we're feeding that. So if we're getting lost in gluttony, we're feeding that. We're feeding that quality in us. If we're um, believing and, and uh, strengthening the stories that make us angry, we're feeding anger. We're, we're cultivating anger within us. If we feel anxious and afraid and we just keep on coming up with more and more reasons why that's right, why we should be afraid, why it is really scary, then we're feeding and developing fear. Or if we're confused and we're and we just sort of you know zone out more or you know, use drugs or whatever it is that make us more confused, then you know we're just gonna get more and more lost. So, you know, likewise when we pay attention to what is present and to wholesome qualities. So like in the metta practice, we're bringing up a quality of warmth and kindness, benevolence. Might not be what we feel immediately, but we're, we're bringing that, we're finding it and bringing it into consciousness and feeding it with our awareness, we're tending to it, we're nurturing it with our awareness, and then it gets stronger. And then we keep doing it, we go back and do it again, and it gets stronger again, and we keep going. And after a while, it becomes just part of us. We don't have to work so hard. People notice, animals notice, plants notice, people notice. It's a, it's a we're bringing a beautiful quality into the world. So, you know, as we understand, the more we understand that everything is changing. It's not just about letting go, you know, of 
the big the big things, but it's also about in the subtle experience, in the in the little subtle things in life that we're you know, we're not thinking, oh, if I get that thing, then I'm gonna be happy. If I become that person, or if I get that many you know, likes on Facebook or whatever it is, I'm gonna be happy. It's knowing at this moment I have a choice. I can I can feed a sense of ego, need, greed, fear, anger, righteousness, or I can I can nurture qualities like awareness, presence, kindness, patience, you know, investigation, curiosity. And it starts to, as we do that, as we turn to life in that way, it does start to open up. It brings a certain sense of wonder. And it brings us a greater clarity. So we can, you know, to, to turn away from those things that we that we habitually grasp and hold on to. As we turn away from those, it develops a strength within us and a kind of determination that is important in our practice. And it also brings this sense of wonder and joy. It's, it's like the more we're attuned to the truth of the way things are, the nicer it is. The more clear things are, the more okay things are, even in the most difficult of situations. So we're learning to let go of a fixed sense of me and mine. And, and to let go of those stories that like to lock people in certain relationships, in certain, um, you know, we have stories about this person and that person, they're like this and they're like that. And, you know, maybe they are sometimes, maybe part of them is, but there's more to them. You know, to give people room to be changing. So, How we live our life is, is very important. And being with my mother at the end of her life, very powerful teaching, still still is teaching me in a way. Because um, you see, as, as we get to the end of our life, it's not about what we want or what we think or what we are trying to do. That, all of those things, are, they're, they're, they're not, it's not operating on that level anymore. It's, it's kind of the karma that one has generated in one's life is playing out. And it's not, you know, we, there, there are stories of people in the cities of people, you know, who were really, um, well, who, who became liberated at the end of their lives. Usually they're people who've been practicing a long time in various ways. And, uh, you know, it's like it's not, we're never irredeemable, whatever we have done in our life. But the, the more we can align our life to 
to truth through, to wisdom and truth and kindness, generosity, patience. Then, you know, our life itself becomes more enjoyable. And we're more enjoyable to others. It's nice to be around people like that. And at that time, whenever it may be that we have to let go of this body and this story of who we are, then I have to let go of this Ananda Bodhi story, this Ananda Bodhi body. Then there's, uh, if we've done the work, it's the letting go is a big letting go. So, of course, we don't have to wait until we die to let go. It's always here and it's always now. And all of the little letting goes, they, they kind of strengthen the, the ability. They make it more, more natural, more, more part of the flow. And as a, a friend said to me once, you know, like when I, you know, I used to struggle to, you know, like, with these, you know, sort of pick up these noble renunciations, you know, I'm going to give up this and I'm going to give up that and, and then got to let go of the other thing. And, and then she said, um, you know, all of those things that you're working so hard to let go of, to renounce, you're going to have to let go of them anyway because they're changing. So it was like, oh, you know, because we can make it a, pro- a sort of a project of like me doing this great letting go project. You know, this is like mastering letting go. No, we don't master it. It masters us. We let go into the truth of the way things are. So all the little letting goes that we do, they support the, the big letting go letting go into complete freedom, complete peacefulness, complete openness. And we can't will ourselves to do that. We have to work at it little by little, humbly, letting go, letting go, letting go. So we have lots of opportunity in our life and through this weekend, you know, plenty of pointers. And just to, to notice the times we contract. I want it to be this way. I don't want it to be that way. And see if you can take a breath. The breath is so helpful, actually, with letting go. Take a breath. Can I let go? Can I let that uncomfortable feeling just be there and let go? Can I let that craving be there and just let go? And when we let go, there's a, it's not like we, we can't do anything. We become sort of rag dolls or anything like that. But we are letting go into the truth of things, into the truth, into the flow, into the truth of the way things are. So when we need to respond, we can respond. When we need to rise up, we can rise up. When we need to speak out, we can. And we need to just let something be the way it is, even though it's not the way we'd like it, we can. Because, because we're not pushed around by our wanting and not wanting. So this is the, the invitation, in a way, that we have as Dharma practitioners 
to find that place of letting go. And it's an ongoing process. I'd like to encourage you all to get uh, interested and curious about what is arising at any moment and how you're meeting that. We offer that today. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.